0: Good morning. morning. So, yeah, Krista mentioned that uh, Peter is uh, in Monterey, Mexico. So, I was asked a couple of weeks ago, uh, probably should have been a couple of months ago, uh, if I could step in, pinch hit. Um, for this week, we're going to continue on here, the Why We Gather series. So, full disclosure um, this is my first time to preach in this country. So, Explanation, whenever I was saved, uh, God really blessed me with a family and a ministry in Haiti. So, in going there, the first thing they assumed, I guess they assumed since you come over with a church that you can preach. So, I remember the pastor telling me, come on up. He said, you're preaching Sunday morning in front of our big church. And I, I was, I've been saved for about a year. So, of course, I didn't know anything. Uh, thankfully, God did. So, each time I go, I get to preach. There's a big difference, though, with having a translator. Um <laughs> One, first one, the first few times, I actually wondered if he was actually saying what I said. Um, so today, the peace that I have is knowing we have a translator here today. So the Holy Spirit, that's my prayer today, is that, that, that the words, that the Holy Spirit will just translate that to your hearts um, today uh, in your story. You know, each, each word that comes out, it's, it's going it's to resonate in each of our stories differently. And that's my prayer today, is, is that thankfully we do have a translator uh, we have one that, that knows each of us uh, even more than we know ourselves. So, we are, we're We're going to continue on the uh, Why We Gather series. Today we're going to talk about the power of confession. Um, I'm excited about that. So if everyone could please stand to your feet. We're going to honor God and the reading of his word today. We're going to read 1 John 1, 5 through 10. So, I'll read it from here. This is the message we have heard from him. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Father, just ask you today, Lord, that you would, uh, you would bless this time, Lord, that you would speak clearly to each of our hearts, uh, and that, that you, you would resonate truth in our lives today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, y'all can be seated. As we look through this passage, I've uh, got three points that we're going to look at. So I want to read the first two verses. You guys can, that have it can look at it too. You know, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So that goes to the first point i want to hit god is light and exposes our darkness god is more glorious than we could ever imagine he's pure he's holy he's full of love and joy i don't know uh i don't know about anyone else but sometimes i get freaked out a little bit when i start thinking of the enormity of god and there's a reason it freaks us out a little bit, because we have finite minds. <laughs> it should freak us out. Um, I think sometimes we spend a lot of time trying to understand God. And, and, and that, that can be, it, it, in a way, to understand, to try to figure Him out, instead of experiencing that mystery, and, ju- and just resting in that, knowing that He is God. You know, we see it, those of us that have children, I think, can experience that whenever we're holding them. You know, thankfully, it, it, there's a difference whenever we're holding them and they just rest in your arms, right? Um, and then the other times when they're flailing, flailing around, you know, and they're trying to figure out what's going on, I'm sure. I don't know what goes on in their minds, but it seems like we do that a lot. We're trying to figure out when, when we can just rest, rest in Him. So I think understanding that we don't understand, <laughs> that we're not ever going to fully understand until we are with Him. And I don't even know if we're going to fully understand Him then, but to to know how how glorious he is, and, and we, the light that he is, is, is something that, that's just something that can excite us if we'll rest in it. You know, It also, the other point to make there is, you know, he exposes, his light exposes darkness. You know, we can, even with the sun, we can try all we want to have a shade, you know, and we can maybe not look into the sun, but the, the light's still there. The light's still there, and, and, and his light is so pure. It's going to expose the darkness. What is that darkness in our lives? Anxiety, you know, insecurities, um, pride. That's, that's a big one for, for me. Um, what are those things that he's exposing? You know, and, and, and he will. He'll expose it. His light is that pure. Um, so I think we understand that he is light, that he is a pure light. And uh, that, that he, his light does expose that darkness. When we're listening to God and we're seeking him, it's going to be exposed. And I think exposed can have a negative connotation. Exposed isn't a bad thing. Ex- exposed is, 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 is a gift. You know, that's, that's just like, uh, like I said, us parents with our children. When we're able to expose them and, and discipline them, showing them we're not doing it out of, out of fear. We're not doing it to scare them into doing something right. You know, to be able to expose to them is, is a gift to them. And, and it's a gift, probably the best gift we can give as parents. So if it's that good of a gift from us as parents, earthly parents, can you imagine our, our Heavenly Father, the gift He's able to give us by exposing those things in our lives? So we'll go, let's go to the next two verses. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. That was the second point I wanted to put up here today. Walking in God's light is the only way to be at peace with others. You know, I spent a lot of my life, most of it, without peace, (laughs) Um, I started at a young age, I've shared this with a lot of people I'll keep this part of the testimony short But I grew up um, believing a false identity Believing what the enemy had said who I was Uh, For me it was I had red hair I I was in a small school, no other other boys had red hair And I remember getting made fun of I I don't remember the exact moment But I do remember there was a time I was made fun of for having red hair the enemy used that time to lie to me. And when I share this all the time. The, the enemy's the, the greatest liar there is, right? He knows that a great lie has truth in it. So on that, that day, that moment, that time, he told me, you know, you have red hair. Well, that was true. Uh, he told me, you're different. Well, that's, that was true as well. And then he told me, you're unacceptable. People won't accept you. That wasn't true, but it tied in. It was such a great lie. And I remember I was probably seven, eight years old. So from that moment, because I believed that false identity, I now had to believe a lie on how I could live. So the lie I believed was that, you know, if if I was who people wanted me to be or if I was who people needed me to be, then I could be accepted. So how do I do that? Well, I have to lie. I have to manipulate them. And then I have to lie some more. So for, for most of my life, I spent seeking that acceptance and, and I believed that false identity. So here I spent my life lying. If, if you liked one thing, I was going to like that. If I thought you didn't like one thing, I was not going to like it either. I was going to be who I thought you needed me to be because I needed to be accepted. That was what I was missing. That was what needed to happen. it was instead of seeking the light and having that exposed, it was much easier for me to medicate. And that's what I was doing. I was medicating with acceptance, with the acceptance of others. So I spent my whole life It just just like a drug does. You can't ever get enough. So I was continuing, instead of dealing with the root, with dealing with what was really going on and finding out, I spent this time just chasing every relationship I could, whether it was in business, whether it was with women, whether it was with, you know, family, whoever, whatever could make me feel accepted, I would do whatever it took. And and, and it's a web that you can't ever get enough. I don't know if any of you have, have struggled with addiction or know someone that struggles with addiction. You can't get enough. You know, you, you reach that high the first time and you fall and you're always trying to get that high again. And, and that was my life for so long. For so long I kept seeking all of that. And the irony is that what I was really seeking was peace. That's really what I needed. And I think that's what we all have an instinct to want in our lives. When, when we're, We want peace. We desire peace. Even unbelievers desire peace. We want that peace, and and the irony, in the way I started living my life, because I was seeking these relationships, and through drinking, through every vice I could try to be a part of other people, because I was trying to be like other people, I was trying to make them feel like they, that, that they need me, so they could accept me. So here I am, all of these things, my innermost desire was peace, but everything I was doing, everything I was choosing to do, was putting me further away from peace. My life was, was chaotic at best. Chaotic and destructive. So this peace that we talk about, it means a lot to me. Because at that point in my life, as much as I was seeking peace, I had no idea what peace was really worth. I didn't understand the value of peace. Because I didn't know, I didn't have it. How can we understand the value of something if we don't, we don't experience it? So as I was living that life, like I said, I can look back now and know that that's what I was seeking was peace. You know, I was seeking to have enough money because that could give me peace. I was seeking to have the right relationships because that could give me peace. If I could be in business with these guys, that would give me peace because they have they know people and they could do this. You know, if, if I knew some famous people, if I could hang around with them, then that would give me peace. So I'm, I'm seeking here. I was in my life just seeking peace. And like I said, the irony is I was getting further and further away from it. You know, so once I valued peace, that day, 7, 8, May twenty second 2011, when I finally surrendered and, and, and was saved, saved from that, you know, God started putting people in my life. He started doing all these things, and I got to start experiencing peace. And I'll tell you this, once you experience God's peace, there's nothing you'll trade for it. And before I'd never experienced it, I gave it away for like it, was in, like it was worth nothing. But once I experienced it, real peace, I didn't care what it was. Every decision I was making, even when I would make the wrong decision, I would come right back because I, I would remember how valuable peace is in my life. I would remember, and I knew, and now it, had the most, it was the most valuable thing. Not peace I could produce. And that's the difference, church. When we're trying to produce our peace, and we're trying to gain it, and we're trying to earn that peace, it's not God's peace. God's peace isn't there to be earned. So as we're trying to get our peace, and we're trying to seek it out, and we're going to try to attain this, it's not real peace. So as I experienced God's peace that first time, it was amazing. And now it it was kind of like trying to think back when I was young, I used to have baseball cards, and you'd think if you got a real good card, you know, and it had, now that one had value, all the rest of them. But for one time, I finally opened a patent, and I found something that had value. And I knew it now, and I knew it had value. I looked it up, you know, like a baseball, I don't know if anybody ever did that. I've wasted a lot of money doing that. <laughs> you look through that book, and all of a sudden you see, oh my gosh, this thing's worth a lot. You know, I've got it. This is something valuable. I'm not going to let anybody, I'm going to put it in a case. You know, I'm going to put it in this box. I don't even want to tell my friends that I have this one. You know, I don't want them coming over and trying to, trying to, trying to grab it. So I had something then. I got to experience, and I think that's a key word, experience God's peace. Um, and, and my life's never been the same since then. And, and, and I can't imagine going back to a life to where I don't value God's peace because it's, it's that, it means that much to me. The value I've, I know that it's worth means so much to me. You know, as believers... Once we experience that peace, it doesn't mean the enemy just stays away. You know, the enemy doesn't, all right, he's got that peace. I'm going to move on to, I'm going to go try to, to tempt and lie others. You know, as believers, he's still, not, that, that, he's still knocking on our door. He, he's still speaking. He's trying to tell us, you know, those lies. You know, the, the three main ones I, I, I hear and I experience, you know, is anger, fear, and guilt. They knock on our door all the time. The enemy's trying to tell us, hey, You know, you deserve better than what what you're getting right now. You deserve better. You should be angry at that person. You know, let's trade some of that for that peace. He's he's making the offer. The offer's being made even to us as believers. He's always wanting us to trade some of that, some of God's peace away out of our life. You know, he's going to tell you, you know, you shouldn't have done that. You better hope nobody finds out. He wants guilt. He's trying to trade that guilt. He wants you to exchange some of that guilt for this peace. You know another one I had down here. you know you may lose everything if you give to that person. You may get hurt if you show love to that person. What's that fear? He's wanting you to trade just 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 a little bit. He can't affect our salvation, but what he can do is, is 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 try to get us to give up some of that peace. It puts us on the sideline. We're not able to experience God in his fullness, you know let you know. We're we're, we're in eternity right now. You know, we're we're saved. Our time doesn't end as believers. We are are in eternity, so all the enemy can do, he wants us to to take us off that. Take us on the sideline, because guess what? If If I exchange some of that peace for some fear, and God's ministering to someone, and I'm too preoccupied with the fear, and I'm holding on to that, I don't get to experience God. God's still going to work. He did, his, his work does not depend on me. But I, get, I miss out on that. I miss out on getting to experience him. And that's the exciting part to life, is getting to experience him. It's a bad trade. <laughs> it's a bad trade. And I think if we get that in, into our understanding, when that fear and the guilt and the anger starts to creep in, because it does, it'll, it'll happen daily. When it starts to creep in, put the value, understand the value of the peace, his peace, and call out that as a bad trade. I mean, if somebody came up to us on the street and tried to sell us, I'm just trying to think of something that would be selling us a hamburger for $25. I mean, it'd be a natural instinct, you know, wave them off. You know, are you crazy? But then I see so many of us as believers trading off God's peace for fear for guilt, and for anger. And we, we would laugh at a transaction, you know, buying, buying a, a hamburger for, for 20 times what it's worth, but yet we'll trade away God's peace, which is infinitely more of a bad trade than, than any piece, any food we could buy overpriced. Last two verses I want us to look at, in, in and this is really what we're going to... I want everybody to, uh, to, to really listen to the Holy Spirit today. And, and we're going to be talking, as we, as we said, it's about confession. So I wanna, let's go over these last two verses real quick. If, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar. And his word is not in us. So the third point today, confession is a gift that brings true release. You know, confession, I know probably to everyone in here would have a different idea of what that means. You know, some, and depending on your background, right? Some confession is a scary thing. It's like, I have to go tell everybody what I did. You know, to others, you know, confession may be something they've kind of, tucked away, and be like, yeah, God knows everything I've done. I don't really have to confess anything. He already knows it. You know, and, and, I, and I, would, I would challenge that both of those are wrong. Um, there's a value to confession. There's a value to confession. You know, comf- I was looking up. confess means to, to agree. But what are we agreeing? What are we agreeing with? We're agreeing with what God is revealing to us. We're, we're, we're agreeing that, yes, this is something in my heart. This is something in, in my life that I need to be freed from. God, that I want to release to you. So, so when we confess, I think we have to, I know I have to, to go back to understand what is, what is confession? You know, what, what does it mean? Does it mean I have to walk in front of the church and, and, and stand here and, and list out everything I've done this week? You know, no. I don't believe. Could it? Yeah, if God calls you to. If that's part of the obedience, yes, but, but what, I, what we're saying here is confess, to agree with God what he's revealing in your life. You know, it's one thing to not want others to see all that gunk, that stuff. We all got it. We all have it. You know, it's one thing, though, for us to walk as believers and say, you know what, I, I, I just don't want them to see that. You know, I don't want, they wouldn't understand that. It's bad. You know, that, that time whenever I'm I'm angry. When I get angry, I don't want them to see that. You know, when I'm fearful, I don't want anybody to see that. You know, that, So it's one thing to, to not want that to be exposed, but I think, the greater, I think the, the greater tragedy for us believers is not being willing to confess that sin to God, not being willing to agree that that is sin with God. Say it that way. Let me say it again. Not being willing to confess these things to God Because that's what keeps us bound up. You know, it's one thing to not want to share with everybody. And, and, you know, I don't have that gunk. But but it's another thing to, to be a believer. Our Father who gave His Son to die for our sins, to not want to agree with Him when He's exposing this sin in our life. That's where true freedom and true peace come from. When we're not willing to agree with Him, we're telling Him we don't trust His grace. Think about that. If we, if we're not willing to agree with him when he's exposing that sin, whatever it is—if it's anger, if it's fear, if it's guilt, if it, whatever it is—we're not willing to agree with him and confess. We're telling him we don't trust his grace. That's what we're—that's what we're saying. God's forgiveness and His grace is a completed work. It's already done. It's there. You know, we can't earn it. You know, there's nothing we can do to to take it away. His forgiveness and his grace is complete. Our faith in that, our faith, is what allows us to experience his forgiveness and grace. You know, this is an an analogy I have, and I've never skydived. Is that the way you say it? Skydive, skydove? Jump, I've never jumped out of a plane with a parachute. I want to, though, if my wife will let me, like when I'm old. So if you think about it, if we're on a plane and, and, and they come around and they, they give you a parachute, and they say, hey, this, this, we've, we've triple-checked this parachute. This parachute locks solid. We've, everything to check on it has been checked. This, this is a, the best parachute you could have. We're sitting on the plane. They hand it to you. And and, and the person who, you know, they're, they're checked off. You know this person. You know no one's touched it. So, I mean, you, you and you tell them and you say, I believe in this parachute. I, I know science. I've seen people jump out of planes. I, I believe in this parachute. You know, I believe what you're saying. I trust in this parachute because I have seen people jump from planes. I, I understand science. I understand, you know, that once the chute is open, that the, that the air, don't give me talking science, but the, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to float. <laughs> So so I believe in that parachute, I trust in that parachute, but if I sit there on that plane, and they say, all right, everybody, let's go, and I don't get up, and I sit there, I trust in that parachute, I believe in that parachute, but I refuse to experience that parachute, what am I missing out on? Did I really believe in that parachute? Did I really trust in that parachute? Parachute? Because if I really believe and I trust in that parachute, I'm going to step right off the plane. I'll be the first one. I miss out on experiencing that parachute and all that comes with that. And I've, I've never skydived. I did the I fly. So I've, that's kind of a pseudo skydive. But I can only imagine. Has anybody here a parachute skydive? Nobody? One. Good. There's, there's one that has no fear. I can only imagine the exhilaration though, right? I mean, when you when you're going, just the excitement, and can you imagine just sitting in that plane, holding on, I believe in this parachute, I trust in it I'm not, I can't experience it. I believe confession is the transaction that allows us to experience His grace and his forgiveness. It's the transaction, and don't don't hear me wrong, it's not a transaction like we're having to do something to get it. it's the transaction. I, i use another analogy. I love analogies because I like to be simple. It's kind of like the bank. You know, we can walk into a bank. I can walk into the bank and I can write down how much money I want to take out, you know, and hand it, and, and, and the, the, the cashier, will, she'll get the money out. She'll hand it to me. It's the same way with that grace and forgiveness. God has already done it. It's already in our account. You know, that confession is just that transaction. It's going and receiving it, Right? It's going and just receiving that, that grace and that forgiveness. That's what confession is. That's what it means to agree with what God's exposing in our life. You know, we, we don't have to ask God to forgive us. He's already forgiven us. But by confessing, and, and, and go along with what we're saying about the parachute, by confessing, we're saying not only do I trust in your grace and forgiveness, God, not only do I believe in your grace and forgiveness, I want to experience your grace and forgiveness. I want to jump out of the plane. I want to experience your grace and forgiveness. When I'm bound down and I'm weighed down with fear, with anger, with guilt, I can't jump off the plane. I can't experience it. The transaction, confessing, agreeing with God to confess, to agree with him. That yes, this is something in my heart. This is something in my life. God, you're right. I'm agreeing with you. This is sin. This isn't sin, and, and, and not saying in a way, this is sin, oh, punish me. No. This is sin. I want a, I want a transaction. I want to receive that forgiveness and grace. I want, I want that transaction to occur. I want to experience your forgiveness and your grace. You know, today, ask God to reveal, and, and I can promise you he's already telling you. He's already exposing. He's light, right? It's going to expose the darkness. Ask him to show you today. What's the fear? What's the anger? What's the guilt? could be different. It could be even more than that. What, God, is in my life that I need to agree with you is holding me down. It's keeping me from experiencing you in your fullness, experiencing your grace and your forgiveness. What is it? I can promise you, you know, we spend a lot of time talking to God. We probably... Talk to him more than we listen, unfortunately. There's, you know, they, we, I think in the world they, they tell us, you know, you've got two, or maybe it was my mom or dad. You know, you got two ears and one mouth for a reason. You know, communication, more, most of communication, most people know this is listening. You know, God, I can promise you if you are asking God to reveal what is, what's the weight, what's the sin in my life that I'm not agreeing with you, I can promise you. He is quick to reveal that. Why? Because he's light. He's pure light. And he will, that darkness is naturally going to be exposed. Ask him today, as we're sitting here right now, just be listening to him. God, what's that sin? Not not to be embarrassed. God does not desire for us to be embarrassed. God does not desire for us to be punished. He sent his son. That God desires for us to experience his love. He desires for us to receive his love to experience. That's all he desires. That's his biggest desire, for us to experience his love, his grace, his forgiveness. So as he's revealing that to you, don't be ashamed of it. Be excited. He's revealing this, and now you're able to agree with him, and you're able to jump off that plane. You're able to go experience his grace, his forgiveness. So I encourage you, even now, listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit right now. What are, what are those things, God? What are those things I know you're already exposing? You, he already knows them. It's not, we're not confessing so that he can be aware of our sin. We're confessing so we can agree with him and make that transaction happen. Receive that, that grace and re- receive that forgiveness. You know, we're going uh, to have an opportunity here in, in just a little bit. Um, we're we're going to say a prayer. You know, and and also we're going to have an opportunity. We're going to have some people coming up front here in just a little while too, and it's going to be an opportunity to release some of that. If if you want, if you want to come up and pray with someone, if you want to experience that that freedom, have someone have someone just pray with you. Do you have to? No. But right now, the most important thing is to agree with God on that sin He's revealing to you. Experience that grace and forgiveness, and that peace that comes from that. Quit carrying that weight. That's what I would, I would share with you today. And God put that on my heart at the end. That's three words. Quit. Four words. Quit <laughs> carrying that weight. And I think that is what the Father is telling each of us today. And we have the transaction. We have. He has told us. I want to read it again. What he said about confession: If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. So the confession's the transaction. Let's let's confess today. Let's agree with him, and let's experience freedom, and let's quit quit carrying that weight. You know, I'm going to ask right now if the the uh, praise team can go ahead and come on up, and then we're going to uh, stand. We're gonna stand and read this together if it comes on the screen. Great. I'm gonna pray real quick too before we, we say this. Father, I just wanna wanna thank you that you're that you're a father that, that reveals to us, God. I wanna thank you that you are a father that loves us, you're a father that, that forgives us, and you're a father that that never leaves us or forsakes us. God, I just ask right now that you would speak to each of these hearts as as they confess, as they agree with what you're revealing in them, Lord. In Jesus' name. All right, let's read this together. I confess to God the Father and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I've sinned through my own fault in my own thoughts and in my words and what I've done And in what I failed to do.